Welcome to Earth Riot Radio. I'm Reverend Billy here in New York at the Earth Church. I want to share a story with you. Back in the day, long ago when I was young, I attended a family reunion. Our family is Dutch Calvinist, and the reunion was in the heart of our culture, Holland, Michigan. We had two cottages rented on the lake, Lake Michigan. And I remember at one point, I was addressing the whole talent family. It must have all been there, 40 or 50 of them. Big boomer families, my uncles and aunts. They all had big families. And I was defending the idea of peace. I was against the Vietnam War. I was saying, don't spend your tax money on bullets and bombs. We're just killing people that were families, kids. Children are getting napalm, bombs. No, we're not defending ourselves on the other side of the world. No, what's your idea of the communism that exists there? You don't have an idea of it. People, just be for peace. Peace is always possible. Read your good book. Let's go for it now. Peace, peace, peace. And uh, then I went unconscious. I, I woke up in the Holland jail. Why? My Uncle Jerry is a construction guy, big guy. He hit me in the middle of my peace rave, defending his deeply conservative family, I guess. He hit me so hard that I, he knocked me out. And I, from that moment, told that story in a particular way that these people could not possibly be anything but stupid, violent, well, evil. I think I was mistaken. And I think that I see in the way that we talk about the wars, the way that we talk about the migrants, the way that we talk about lots of things in our culture right now, we are framing evil like it's a standalone event. Well, let's talk about how we talk about evil. I think it's getting in the way of the possibility of making peace. Somebody give me an earth hallelujah. Earth hallelujah. Peace hallelujah.
tell each other that this day will be will be the last and tomorrow we all can go home free and all this will finally end Palestine tomorrow will be free Palestine tomorrow will be free My name is Hannah Nelson. I'm 16 years old and I'm from Belfast. I've been thinking about an important question. How do you make peace permanent in Northern Ireland? Permanent peace in our country is not just a simple dream for me as a teenager growing up today in Northern Ireland. It is a sincere, genuine aspiration. I believe that enduring peace can only come about through true respect for others. We all have a right to express and celebrate our diverse cultures. We all have an obligation to value each other 
as individuals. As a 16-year-old, I don't want to live in the past. I want to live for the future. I want to live in a country where it is not my religion that is important, but my value as a person which is significant. It is important that we all have a unique identity, a choice in life to choose who and what we want to be. We are growing up in a world where we are taught to be tolerant. To live peacefully, we must put this into practice. We must accept our differences if we are to move forward. I think that my age group should be the focus. We are the ones who must build new relationships with people from different communities. Barriers need to be broken down. And so we've been listening to music from Palestine and Israel. Mahir Zain, Palestine, You Will Be Free, and the Yama Ensemble with their song Universal Greeting, Shalom, Shalom. Then Hannah Nelson, 16 years old, speaking to a vast audience at the beginning of the G8 conference 10 years ago. And all these people, these singers, and um, Hannah Nelson and her young friends at the gathering of the powerful imperial nations, they all have had that other, that, that oppositional, historically oppositional person or group, nation, um, with which they've had to try to negotiate in some way, within themselves as well as across space to this, to this other person. Now more than ever, we are faced, we're all faced with the Mideast, with, with the Ukrainian war, and civil wars all across Africa. And we have at the Earth Church, from which I'm speaking to you right now, all, all week long, we have this place full of migrants for whom New York City is this romantic, hopeful place off in the distance with a green 22-story high woman in the harbor welcoming people from around the world, people who may be yearning to be free. Well, our mayor is, is turning into a kind of Donald Trump, saying that they're dangerous people and so forth. And, and so we uh, don't want them sleeping on the sidewalk anymore. So we're inviting them in and learning so much. We have people from the Sudan on the east all the way over to Venezuela on the west many different nations, and we're finding them gentle, funny, curious. We're learning so much about them. We're um, supplying English lessons so they can get around New York more easily, and they speak Arabic and Spanish and French, mostly. But I want to, I want to concentrate on the thing that I did not have, and perhaps still don't have enough of, towards my biological family. Um, they didn't know what to do with me when I was, you know, 20 years old. And they beat me up and jailed me. Well, that seems extreme. But they are from this very conservative background. They can be blamed, I suppose. But then where does that get you eventually? Blame them for a while, but then try to understand what they are. And I should have seen dyna dynamic change in them. Because a lot of them turned out later in their lives to be much less conservative than they were back in whenever that was, late 60s, early 70s. I'm, I'm looking at them now, meeting them one by one uh, uh, later in life. 
Um, but I just want to apply the lesson I'm learning to what I'm going through right now with, with people that I don't understand, that I consider to be violent. Um, I, I would be hard-pressed to, to come up with nice things to say about some of the people in the world right now that are dropping bombs on children. Uh, but a lot of us are. A lot of human beings right now have included civilians in their definition of the enemy. We have to teach each other to see one another as changing, as capable of, of growing and learning. And if we give each other that positive version, then we elevate ourselves too and we change more. So peace is something in motion. The migration around the world, the people marching, 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 they are moving too, and then the earth itself, the ecosystems, the species, from plants and animals, um, all the way to rocks and lava. The earth is in motion like never before, certainly not in our lifetimes. Everything's moving. Let's bring love to it, bring allowance to it, happiness and humor and music to it. And we will find a way to live better lives. Peace, hallelujah. Peace, hallelujah. to news from the natural world, I'm Savitri D. For the first time, scientists have used bacteria to transform polyethylene plastic, the kind used in many single-use items, into a high-value protein product. That product, which the researchers call bio-inspired spider silk because of its similarity to the silk spiders used to spin their webs, has applications in textiles, cosmetics, and even medicine. Spider silk is nature's Kevlar, said Helen Za, an assistant professor of chemical and biological engineering and one of the lead researchers on the project. It can be nearly as strong as steel under tension. However, it's six times less dense than steel, so it's very lightweight. As a bioplastic, it's stretchy, tough, non-toxic, and biodegradable. All those attributes make it a great material for a future where renewable resources and avoidance of persistent plastic pollution are the norm. Pseudomonas aeruginosa, the bacteria used in the study, can naturally consume polyethylene as a food source. In late 2023, the Canadian federal government 
British Columbia and the First Nations Leadership Council signed a $1 billion nature agreement to protect 30% of BC's lands by 2030. The 2023 nature agreement includes funding for Indigenous protected and conserved areas, protecting 30% of Canada's lands and waters by 2030. This requires roughly doubling the total protected area in Canada. President Biden weighed in decisively in favor of climate activists fighting new fossil fuel development this week, deciding to pause the approval of new liquefied natural gas projects because of their danger to the planet, even in the face of criticism that the delay could hurt U.S. energy interests. The presidential directive, which requires the Energy Department to study the climate impact of new gas exports, could delay the approval of nearly a dozen fossil fuel projects past the November election. Biden said in a statement that the climate review came in response to pleas from young activists and members of frontline communities. The Earth just passed a feared global warming milestone for the first time. Average global temperatures were more than 2 degrees Celsius above a pre-industrial benchmark this week, an ominous milestone after months of record warmth. Toxic emissions from the Canadian tar sands, already one of the dirtiest fossil fuels, have been dramatically underestimated, according to a new study. Research found that air pollution from the vast Athabasca oil sands in Canada exceed industry-reported emissions across the studied facilities by a staggering 1,900% to over 6,300%. Academics said this means that damaging reactive pollutants from the oil sands are equivalent to those from all other human-made sources across Canada with severe health implications. Canadian tar sands, also called oil sands, are a massive site of oil extraction in the province of Alberta. They cover an area larger than England, are one of the biggest industrial projects on the planet, and have seen record production levels this year. We have long known that dragging heavy fishing nets, some as large as 10 747 jets, across the ocean floor destroys sea life and habitats, said Dr. Tricia Atwood, an aquatic ecologist at Utah State University. Only recently we have discovered that bottom trawling also unleashes plumes of carbon, which otherwise would be safely stored for millennia in the ocean floor. Researchers have calculated just how much trawling releases into the atmosphere. 370 million tons of planet heating carbon dioxide a year. An amount, they say, that is too big to ignore. An ecological disaster is unfolding on the beaches of Galicia, northwest Spain, as a billion plastic pellets lost overboard from a container ship begin washing ashore. A political row has erupted around the incident, which happened just weeks after the European Commission proposed tighter regulation on the transportation of plastic pallets. It started last December 8th when the container ship, the Tocanao, chartered by shipping giant Maersk, lost six containers in the seas off Galicia. Each pallet measures just two to three millimeters across and could easily be mistaken for a tiny pebble or fragment of broken shell or fish cartilage. Volunteers have to get down on their hands and knees with tweezers to extract them. Most of those working on cleanup are women, who normally make a small income harvesting shellfish in the area. The discovery of a second, ultra-large structure in the remote universe has further challenged some of the basic assumptions about cosmology. The big ring in the sky is 9.2 billion light years from Earth. It has a diameter of about 1.3 billion light years and a circumference of about 4 billion light years. 
if we could step outside and see it directly, the diameter of the big ring would need about 15 full moons to cover it. It is the second ultra-large structure discovered by PhD student Alexia Lopez, who two years ago also discovered the giant arc in the sky. Male dominance has long been assumed to be nearly universal in primates, with female power viewed as a rare exception to the rule. However, according to researchers at the University of Texas at Austin, female-biased power structures or social equality between the sexes can be found within every major primate group and probably existed throughout evolutionary history. The study published in the journal Animals challenges presumptions of male dominance in primates and may also have implications for other animal species. They found that male-biased power was likely to develop in species in which males had larger body sizes and longer canine teeth than their female counterparts. Female power may emerge when the supply of available female mating partners is lower than male demand, thus giving the females in those species greater social leverage, particularly if size differences between the sexes are minimal. A sperm whale expert at Dalhousie University in Canada has found evidence showing that sperm whales form large, matrilineally-based clans that have their own coda dialect. Whales communicate with one another using sequences of clicks that have come to be known as codas. Prior research has also shown that most whale species have distinctive variations among groups that are unique to members of their group or clan. Sperm whales form matrilineally-based units of approximately 10 females and their offspring. Such units form the basic elements of larger clans. The researchers have also found evidence that the whales form clans with as many as 20,000 members. Within such clans, members interact, look out for one another, help raise offspring, and ward off attacks by orcas. They also all communicate using the same dialect. All sperm whales in the Pacific speak the same language, but each clan has its own unique dialect. There are seven clans in the Pacific Ocean. Each of the clans was found to be based almost entirely around females and their young. The males exist on the periphery and appear to serve only as a means for reproduction. Researchers have also found evidence of clan-wide communications noting the observation of debates that involved whales apparently looking for a consensus on things like migration. And now, the sounds of extinction. The majority of terrestrial hermit crab species worldwide have used trash as shells. A new study analyzed publicly available images of hermit crabs and found 386 examples of the crustaceans encased in garbage instead of a seashell, of which about 85% were using plastic caps and the remainder using metal and glass. They included individuals from 10 of the 16 species of hermit crab that live on land and were found throughout the tropics from Africa to Central America. We confirm for the first time that the use of artificial materials by hermit crabs is a behavior occurring on a global scale, the authors wrote. They posit that hermit crabs may be choosing plastic homes because they make for better camouflage in a polluted environment, or that there may be more pieces of trash than fitting seashells available on some coasts. Other factors may include using a unique shell in sexual signaling to attract a mate. The fact that artificial shells may be less heavy and odor cues 
A previous study found that hermit crabs seem to be attracted to a chemical emitted by plastic. But plastic can be very dangerous for hermit crabs. A 2019 study of the Cocos or Keeling Islands, a remote Australian territory in the Indian Ocean, found that over half a million of the island's hermit crabs had crawled inside items such as bottles, gotten stuck, and died. The researchers discovered that 414 million pieces of trash had washed onto the shores of the minimally populated islands. And hear the sound of the shoreline where hermit crabs make their home. finally come the water and the wind now it has begun is this some kind of war the sea won't say a word the weatherman's up for now it has begun the storm has finally come my neighbors in the street it rushes like a stream you're caught in it waist deep what an energized retreat do you think you can compete the hero's tragedy now it has begun the storm has finally come the drowning and the dead now it has begun my breath is out of reach death makes its final speech did this storm come from me did this storm come and reverend billy again time to say goodbye and thank you jason candler is our producer editor savitri d is our director of the church of stop shopping performances which take place at the Earth Church. We want to welcome you to help us with our newest Americans project, which I described. We have, we have some expenses. You can go to the top of our website, RevBilly, R-E-V-B-I-L-L-Y, RevBilly.com. And it's easy to share your resources with us. Our Earth Service with the award-winning Stop Shopping Choir is 5 p.m. Sundays. The Earth Church is located uh, in the Lower East Side and all the information at that website, revbilly.com. And we want to recommend to you the new Neil Young album, Before and After. Very important and loving and unusual. I review it 
in the Times Contrarian, which is a newspaper he edits. It's a part of the Neil Young archives. Now today we have suggested that there's a way to allow reality, the motion that we're all in, our enemies and the natural world and you and I, we are all moving. Since we can't be frozen, we fundamentalists do, we can't be packaged, we can't be made hard. Since we are changing, there is hope, there's humor, there's curiosity, there's love, there's forgiveness, there's trust. We can treat each other in a new way. Eventually, peace will come to us in a natural way. And I wish you peace this week. Earthalulia, Earthalulia. Earthalulia.